0: And now.
1: It's an Arsenal Thing Podcast with your hosts, Tom, Silent Dave, Isaiah, and Jay. Fun. Football and Conversation. Every goal, every disappointment, every good decision and every bad decision. From the first whistle to the final whistle.
2: Welcome to It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and I'm in the company of a man who is silent in 28 different languages the uncommunicative and unique Silent Dave. What a week! Chelsea were fed to the Wolves. City were business as usual, with only 12 goals in three games. Very poor. England captain Harry Kane managed to hypnotise another referee with his international credentials to avoid another red card. Panini were said to be furious that their Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang sticker has gone missing from their latest collection. That's your best yet, Dave. Uh, As scripts go, you should now consider retirement, because that's your Everest Elsewhere, Graham's sourness eh, was endorsing Arsenal's chances of a top four finish, which completely contradicts his claim back in February of this year that the club were going nowhere and treading water under Mikel Arteta. Finally, (laughs) Spuds have been, don't laugh, been thrown out of the Europa Conference League for not being able to field a side to take on Rens in the competition due to COVID. Obviously, the annual revenue will be affected, so uh, it's going to be a case of Nescafe now instead of Dal Egbert's, isn't it, eh? You may have to pinch yourself as we head into the Christmas season because, whisper it, we're not too shabby in the month of December. Usually, we're on antidepressants, listening to every single Adele album since she was a melancholy fetus. But we're currently witnessing the youngsters take centre stage while stacking up some quality goals in the process. We are going for a break in this episode with both the Leeds and Sunderland games. Jay joins me in the gum room to relive the spectacular 4-1 win over Leeds at Ellen Road, where we discuss the growing importance of Gabby Martinelli, the increasing influence of Martin Odegaard, and why Xhaka is completely obsessed with getting a card in every game he plays. And we also identify a concern at the heart of defence. Isaiah covers every blade of grass and gives us first-rate analysis of the quarter-final clash against the Black Cats at the Emirates and delivers all the key points and takeaways on American Arsenology. Episode 36 is entitled, They All Wear Short Shorts Round Here, a reference to Arsenal's emerging young talent and their undeniable impact on the campaign. Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Saka, Tierney, Tomiassu, White, Ramsdale, Tavares, and Ketia Gabriel, and now charlie patino who looks like a 12 year old choir boy who likes eating jelly babies whilst on the sofa watching harry potter by the way it's time to start preparing for the first full 90 minutes download a copy of dexie's midnight runners gino and just replace the title with charlie patino we are getting in early because i think we'll be seeing a lot more of charlie patino and miguel aziz next season let me
3: tell you something you ain't born in Londoner. Huh? you made one Lovely. Big game today, mate. Of course, mate. Ask for the taking. Once you're in. Still
2: in right. Unbelievable yes, goal! You're in. in. Yes,
3: yes, You're, right. Right. <laughs> you're one of us. <laughs> Not you, mate. No Alex the Warby, why are you docking my calls? Hurry up, man. You're
2: taking a living. Hey, listen. <laughs> Tony's on that, man. See your True that, fam. You know what?
3: I could have played for Arsenal. Yeah. Top scorer, under nines, can in town. If you stay real and you come correct, we'll make you invincible. We change the rules.
4: Change the whole game.
3: When you put on our shirt, you turn and face. You never hide. That's how we create legends that never die. We play for the badge. On, we go all the way. Remember, we run off London.
2: That makes us Arsenal.
0: That's why we play.
4: What can I say, man? Love London's home.
2: What are you saying? Gun brush your teeth. When we covered the Ralph Hampton game, we gave you a list of players that play for both clubs. Uh, Leeds are certainly on a par with the South Coast Candy Kings. It's an impressive scroll. David O'Leary, hybrid hero, David Rocky Rowcastle, David Seaman, who was in the U side, John Lukic, Lee Chapman, Paul Dickoff, Eddie Nketia, Jermaine Pennant, and Joe Willock. The last three were lonies. What's Leeds famous for then? I'm glad you asked. Anthony e. Pratt created a bald crime caper called Murder, which later became better known as Cluedo. Pratt himself was a Birmingham lad, but in 1944 he upped and took the idea to Waddington's games in Leeds. Professor Vermilion in the utility room with a courgette. By 1988, the internet was already starting to take over our lives, and Leeds played a major role in the advancement of technology in that year as the UK's first internet service provider. Dave, is that the tubby bloke serenading his girlfriend at karaoke? I can't get Dave's attention, there's food. Marks and Spencers began with a market stall in Leeds in 1884. Michael Marks and Tim Spencer opened a Penny Bazaar in Leeds. Nice undies, hard-wearing trousers, mother of the bride. And finally, Leeds was the home to the last sole manufacturer of the humble flat cap, which is popular in the cult programme Peaky Blinders. Holy shit, it's Billy Kimber. And also, I Am Munger. James Henry Atkinson invented the little nipper mousetrap. What a potpourri of interesting stuff. Right, let's move on to Sunderland. Sunderland boss Lee Johnson poked fun at our club, how dare he, by claiming they weren't one of the big guns left in the EFL competition. Shame on you, sir, and your choice of casual jackets. Before we go to Isaiah, did you know that Swedish footballer Stefan Schwartz, who signed for Sunderland in 1999, had a rather bizarre clause in his contract? It was dubbed the Space Clause, banning him from travelling into space. What, from Sunderland? Colonel Schmort in the broom cupboard with the hair straighteners. I can't stop myself. Sunderland can best be summed up by a single song, and that happens to come from the comedic tonsils of Bob Mortimer. Come to Sunderland
3: It's so much more than a shithole Change your name to Callum You can do it by deed poll Come to Sunderland You can put your dog in a pram Put your tracksuit on Red and white and made out of nylon Cheap housing, no laundrettes Go down the boozer for your cigarettes, take a dump straight into your bin, doze up the kids on Ritalin. Oh mate, get out of me wheelbarrow, I need it to take the nippers to the chemist, they've got the runs. Go to KFC, get a bucket for the family, and when it's all gone, use the bones for cutlery. The Stadium of lights, Another place you can take a shite Buy a house for a grand And ride your donkey into Sunderland Chicken dippers and a sausage roll A pint of blue drink for your ten year old Go down the vape shop cos it helps you breathe And to the dentist to straighten your teeth Oh mate, you can't park on the hard standing, that's where the Alsatian does his love-making. I know you mate, are you the bloke who does the doggy rides on the ring road? Fancy coming in for a pint of blue? The kids are down the bingo! Attend the wedding to watch a fight, go to Asda to buy some shite. Down the clinic have your Douglas checked, <laughs> buy some white socks from Sports Direct. Come to Sunderland, yeah! Drink Dolmio straight from the jar Come to Sunderland, yeah Watch Andy jogging in his sports bra Teach your nips to bet And how to smoke a cigarette Buy a selfie stick And have a photo next to last night's sick Come to Sunderland
1: From the land that gave you popcorn, drive-ins, Johnny Mathis, and the legitimate right to shoot your neighbor for parking outside your house, direct from the U.S. of A., it's a potpourri of foosball analysis and stuff. It's American Arsenology. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to American Arsenology, brought to you by Joe Manchin's Maserati. Just your everyday car for your average West Virginian. I'm your host, Irene Savage. And now, tonight's top stories. <sighs> welcome back, Migunas and Migunerets. Arsenal have advanced to the semi-finals of the League Cup after a 5-1 demolition of Lee Johnson Sunderland. It was an Eddie and Kettia goal fest with lots of drama and intrigue so let's get right into it the opening storyboard of this one featured manager Mikel Arteta sporting his puffy puffer coat and relying on heavy rotation to put the hurt on League One Sunderland it was an interesting lineup filled with attacking flair and young verve so let's dive a little deeper yes with the festive period fixtures coming thick and fast it was a starting 11 that featured many 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 old faces in goal, it was the German, Ben Leno. And at centre-back, a return of Robert Bobbert Bobby Rob Holding and his new heir. Partnering him was Benjamin White, Benjamin Blanco. And on the outside, it was Cedric Rick Moranis-Selres and Nuno Tavares on the left. Interestingly enough... Playing largely as the lone pivot, it was Mohammed El Neni. and as a double pair of crazy, crazy eights, it was Emil Smith Rowe, the Smith, and Martin Ooh Ooh through the middle. On the outside, there was a return for, oh, Nico Pepe. And on the left, Fullerin, 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 Fullerin Balugan, the warlord. And up top, at the switchboard, well, folks, it was Eddie in Ketia, who would be ringing people up all night long. Would not have to wait for long, as in the seventeenth minute, a good delivery from Cedric Salres from a corner found a free and wide open Robert Bobby Oldini. holdini put his new carpet, his new rug, that immense weave. He put the wig on the ball. But he was wayward, as is so often the case. Holding's hair has improved, but his heading not so much. However, jolly on the spot, tracking the ball, tracking where the rebound might land, was poacher extraordinaire Eddie Inketia. He was sharp and lively for the chance. And I must give this young man credit. Hey! Jenny, Jenny, can I turn to- yes, it was one nil Arsenal and things were going swimmingly for Arteta. They were fully in control as Lees Johnson looked limp and pathetic. And the Arsenal faithful would not have to wait much longer. As in the 27th minute, Nico Pepe drove at two Sunderland defenders, finding an overlapping Cedric Saures. Cedric Rick Moreno Saurez... Return the ball to Nico Pepe in line with the penalty spot. The Ivorian unleashed a quick little low-lift hit that took a fortuitous deflection off the scummy scumbags of Sunderland and bulged the roof of the net. It was 2-0 Arsenal, and Pepe turned to his manager to say, What? <laughs> Folks, as we know, this is Arsenal, and we ever so dearly enjoy making things interesting for ourselves. And in the 31st minute, a giveaway by Smith Rowe led to a counterattack for Lee and his Johnson and the men in yellow. Yes, Sunderland would punish the poor organization. And reading of the game by Bobby Robert Oldini and his partner on the day, Dr. Ben Sobel, Benjamin Blanco. It was poor, poor, poor defending, as the two were at sixes and sevens.
0: My name is Ben Sobel Leone, Ben Sobel I'm also known as uh, Benny the Groin, Sammy the Schnoz, uh, Elmer the Fudd, Tubby the Tuba, and once as Miss Phyllis Levine. But that was at a party, it was years ago. I smoked at the tube. Yes,
1: it would be a go ho 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 for Nathan's broad, broad head. As Bern Leno was beaten, it was 2-1 Arsenal, and folks... Our goal against the run of play. As the final minutes. Ticked away in the last 15. Arsenal had a sense of we are in control. And yet. And yet. With so many young attackers in this side. One had. A feeling. A strong sensation. That we would see. Mr. Granite, Granite Chaka, in the second half. First half came to its conclusion. And as always, there were two big, big, big whopping takeaways from the first half. Number, number one. Against Sunderland, Folarin Balugan lasted just 56 minutes before getting the hook. And he missed... A big, big chance. Yes, it was Cedric Saurez serving up a delightful cross. And from six yards out, the young Arsenal striker missed what can only be described as a free header. It was a rough outing for Balugan, who looked a bit lost, playing out on the left side. And, folks, right now it does appear that Fullerin Balukan is caught in the upside down. He is dominating life at the under 23 level, but frankly, out of his depth playing with the first team. The good news is that talent. Always wins. And right now, this problem is largely the function of two things. One, Balukan appears to be much more comfortable as a central striker and should not be played as the 11. And secondly, this issue is largely mental. Football is a game of confidence and Balukan Khan must remember that he belongs. And number number two. There was a return for Robert Robbie, Rob Haldini Holding on Tuesday night. The newly rugged Englishman was awarded the armband after his noble performance against Leeds. Yes, from the bench he was quick to alert authorities to the disgusting Leeds United fan hurling racist insults at the Arsenal bench. And while we truly appreciate who Rob Holding is as a man, seeing his poor positioning on the first Sunderland goal is a reminder that we are one one injury away to Gabriel Magalish or Benjamin White from utter chaos at the back for Arsenal. Second half began and like in the West Ham United game, Arsenal struck quickly from the team talk as good play and movement of the ball allowed Arsenal to create a 2v2 on the left flank. In one of Balogan's best moments of the match, he slipped in the always willing and rangy Nuno Tavares. Tavares beat his man down the edge of the box and flashed in a cross to the near post in swooped Eddie Enquetia who produced a delightful outside of the boot tres dedos finish as he chop 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 chop, chop chopped the ball into the turf like a striker heads down Eddie Katia's first touch with the outside of his boot was so well calculated as he projected the ball into the emirates carpet surface and past a hapless Sunderland goalkeeper it was Eddie's second goal of the night ring 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 a ding ding The juices were flowing for Arsenal in this one by the 58th. As a peach, peach, peach of a pass. Peach pass. From Martin Udegaard slipped in Ivorian Nico Nico Pepe. And, folks, the dirty, filthy, filthy, Silky Johnson. I would
0: like to thank
3: God Almighty for giving everybody so much and me
1: so little. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. Filthy, filthy, filthy Meg that Nico Pepe produced. Was fantastic. This man is world class. On his day, I will keep, keep, keep staying in Pepe's corner. After producing a juicy, juicy, juiciest, darker the berry, sweeter the juice, nutmeg, Pepe found Eddie and Ketia. And the poacher, poacher, poachman. Wait a minute, Mr. Poachman.
0: Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Poachman. Wait, hey, 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 Mr.
1: Poachman. Would finish with a delightful behind-the-standing leg goal, 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 goal lasso. That culminated one of the finest goals we have seen this season from Arsenal. The pass from Woody God, Exquisite. The Meg by Pepe and Assist, Unreal. And the finish, pure, pure, unadulterated Montequia. Aguanile, Folks, it was 4-1 to the Arsenal. A comprehensive display against the League One side. But folks, 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 folks. folks. In the 80th minute, perhaps a moment that will live in Arsenal folklore for many, many moons. As one, I've got a golden ticket, Charlie Patino would come on for the Smith, Emil Smith Row in the 80th minute. We may well remember this as a special, special moment and debut for an Arsenal player who looks like he is going straight to the top. Yes, folks, we rate Mr. Patino very, very, very highly. And if you don't, you are a bastard. And, in the 91st, a moment none of us will forget, as a peach, peach, peach of a pass from the languid Granny Chaka found Nico Pepe inside the box. Nico Pepe... Again would turn provider but this time for the young young number 87 Mr. Golden Ticket himself Charlie Patino Patino would use all, ho, 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 all of his young body's athleticism and more importantly his big 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 brain To cultivate a nice, neat little finish past Lieberg. It was a serendipitous and special moment for all of Arsenal World. As we deal with the ramifications of Omicron. And usher in what we hope will be a new and rejuvenating new year. One thing can be certain. Mr. Patino, the young, young Charlie Patino has made Christmas special for all of us here in Arsenal World. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him! And as always, there were some key, key takeaways from the second half. Number one, Nico Nico, oh, Nico Pepe. Nico Pepe is an angry man. While no one in Arsenal world should be surprised, the Nico Pepe torched, absolutely torched, League 1 Sunderland on Wednesday night. There was a clear frustration plastered across Pepe's face when he scored in the 27th minute. And a bit of a fuck you at Mikel Arteta, I might add. Listen to those that do doubt Nico Pepe's talent. Well, folks, you are buffoons. I've said it time and time again on his day. Nico Pepe is world class. And I have long argued that Bukayo Saka should have been converted to a number 10 at Arsenal to accommodate Nico Pepe. But the reality is that Martin Udegaard, well folks, his signing has always Always, always, siempre, siempre, siempre. Signaled the eventual end to Nico Pepe's career at Arsenal. Said it from day one. I'll say it again. Shame, shame. Ain't it a shame? And number two, number two, 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 two. Eddie Enketia is on line one. In episode 33 of the podcast, I stated that Eddie Enketia looks like the best striker. ...at Arsenal right now. He is sharper, fitter... ...and more likely to provide end product. And while this was a match... ...against the League One side... ...my opinion from 33... ...has only been confirmed by the quality of Eddie's finishes, which were sublime. And I would expect, and am hopeful, that Eddie and Ketia is given a bigger role during the dog days of winter. And finally... For the first time in five years, the first time in five years, Arsenal Football Club sit in fourth place at Christmas. This is a rather remarkable feat, given the 0-3 start to the season. And as we, as Arsenal supporters, ping-pong from Arteta in to Arteta out, sometimes even in the space of the same week, let us all take a moment, one brief moment, to be grateful and excited about our young team. We are in the Champions League spot, folks! With the youngest team in the Premier League! Think about it. And... As we usher in the new year... And Norwich City on Boxing Day... Here at American Arsenology... We want to wish Tom, Jay, Silent Dave, and all of our IAAT listeners a Merry, Merry Christmas. It's
0: Christmas time
1: again, decorations are on by the fire.
0: Everybody's singing, all the bells are
2: a reminder to look up our blogs at askdevils.com and americanarsenology.medium.com and please don't forget to subscribe to both the audio version and the occasional youtube offerings
0: it's time to enter the gun room for a natter
2: hi welcome to the gun room jay's with me again he's all uh, he's on the mend we shall say he's on the mend he's nearly back at work bless him <laughs> hardly any point is there christmas coming um how are you, Jay? Yeah, good, mate. Cheers. Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've got a spring in the step. It's this uh, winning sort of run, isn't it? And a few goals makes all the difference. So... Arsenal v. Leeds at uh, Ellen Road. Uh, A lot's been made of the injuries that they've suffered, but Arsenal had looked pretty good prior to that, hadn't they? We all got fairly excited. Uh, Definitely a game of two halves, but we uh, pretty much controlled the majority of the game, I felt. Uh, Apart from the penalty, which we'll get to, and the individual performances, it's an unchanged side. Uh, What were your overall impressions of the game and the performance?
0: yeah and i
4: mean in first start i suppose all through the day um i suppose everybody was expecting um potentially the game to get called off right along with you know along with all the rest of the games um so i was really obviously really glad that it went ahead um yeah leeds they, they they've got some injury problems um but that's just football isn't it you know ultimately if they if they were fit you know if they were healthy enough to play uh, the game's gotta go ahead, so um yeah, I was pleased to see that it was an unchanged team um getting some consistency there um and overall i mean we 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 dominated them again um i think there's a there's the confidence is growing isn't it, especially in the sort of the the front sort of five or six players um there's a lot of uh you can you can almost tell or see the the, the fluidity and the, um, the the sort of how many times did you see, especially in that first half, um, the players crossing over into different positions. You know, you had Saka coming in from the right and driving into the centre of the box and you had Martinelli doing the same. You had Lacazette dropping into sort of Erdegaard's position. And they've obviously, it comes with confidence, but, um, you know, they're obviously being told to be slightly more, Fluid in in their attacking approach. So overall, um, yeah, really happy. I suppose the only criticism you'd make is that we we missed so many chances, didn't we? You know, we could have been could have been five or six at half time. You know? I've
2: just got down here a note. We could have hit City's figures really if we'd um, you know got a bit sharper and uh, Saka had been a little bit more uh, on point. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that that's a criticism because he's he's a blinding player anyway. But uh, yeah. Um, so we're, we're top four. We're punching away. There are people behind us or teams behind us with, uh, games in hand, but I'd rather have the points, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. there are some comments about Lacazette in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. unfair, I think in, uh, probably you'll share that point of view as well, because all right, he didn't get goals and he had a couple mm-hmm. of chances. Um, but they were tough. That goalkeeper is really good. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on his general contribution? Because I thought he did a lot of donkey work, a lot of the shitty stuff that no one else can do.
4: Yeah. Oh, I thought he was, I thought he was, he was excellent again. He dropped in deep. Like we said said many times, he's more than happy to uh, engage in the, in the physical side of the, um, of the game. Um, And I think for the, for the type of midfielders that we have that, tend to they by nature they, they they're direct you know you, you martin martin like we said martinelli um Smith rowe and Saka, looking to go beyond the striker he's an absolute dream because you know he can drop deeper pick up the ball on the half turn and look for the pass which which ultimately is what's what's happened in the last few few games um so I think he's doing great um he, I mean, I think his free free scoring form, or well, the free scoring days, are behind him. Um, he's not the quickest, uh, but what he lacks for in pace, I think he makes up for, especially recently, in in heart and determination. And um, you know, long may it continue. Uh, I think he's the best of what we've got at the moment and he's, he's doing a good job. You know, he's, he's doing a good job.
2: Well, let's be fair. I mean, uh, there are all sorts of strikers about, aren't there? Uh, I, I hark back to the days of when they made a big fuss about Teddy Sheringham. He was an intelligent yeah. footballer, but he wouldn't get you. He would get you goals, but it wouldn't be all the time. It wouldn't be a recurring weekly thing. Um, mm-hmm. But he did a lot of work. He did a lot of pulling out of position, drawing defenders out. That's exactly what Lacazette does. Uh, he's very physical, as you say. Uh, he's like the antidote to bammyang who doesn't like to do all the dirty stuff. Um, do you think he's misfiring in people's imaginations, or is he just misunderstood, like we feel he is? Um,
4: yeah, I think it, it, it depends what you know what you want as a striker. Um, I think Lacazette is definitely a casualty of, of the sort of the, the modern day football team where you only play with one up front. You know, if if, if Lacazette was around. In the late '90s, when when you played two up front, whether it was four four two or five three two or whatever, um, and he was up front with say Giroud or, or or another big a big man working off of him, I think he'd score more goals. He's had to he's had to adapt his game. Um, whereas when he was at Lyon, he was a bit he had a bit more pace. Um, and the Premier League obviously is the toughest league in the world, so I think he needs to be commended for adapting and and, and playing his way back into the team. Now, obviously. Aubameyang's form has dropped off a cliff, Um, but he's taken his opportunity. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the French national team won the World Cup and uh, Giroud didn't score a goal, yet he played every game for France. Um, And I think what we're seeing is a very similar role for Lacazette in this team, where he's being asked to to maybe be be slightly less selfish, because we all know strikers are selfish, but be slightly less selfish, um, and for and it's obviously it's working because the team's benefiting from him, um, and his his link-up play really has come on. And he on, on the ball, uh, you know, uh, technically he's he's done so well this season. Um, and I mean, until we've got a better option, I'm quite happy with him to continue in the team. You know, it, it was
2: quite interesting at phases of the game because you had Odegaard and Lacazette yeah. almost on their shoulders. Uh, yeah. going forward I'm I, like you I think Lacazette has got a role to play and just playing devil's advocate here Gabriel Martinelli seems to be thriving with Lacazette in the side he seems to be mm-hmm. benefiting doesn't he so alright he yeah. you've got one not scoring one scoring but does that matter? Not at all not at all I mean you,
4: you, you, especially in that first half you know Lacazette was almost dropping into midfield wasn't he alongside Erdegaard he was tracking back he was winning tackles helping out the midfield not not that we were massively tested but he was doing what was needed and maybe a little bit more um and it means that when he's dropping deeper uh, Martinelli and Saka can become a little bit more narrow especially when we're going forward and it means that they can attack those spaces between the central defender and the right or left fullback which obviously it happened with uh, Martinelli's second goal um but yeah he's, he's doing great um and, and for me, uh, like like we've said many times, as long as the players put in a hundred hundred percent, week in week out, me personally, and I think you're the same, um, I won't have too many issues if the team are putting it in. And, and he's definitely putting the effort in. He's running himself into the ground. It doesn't bother me that he's not scoring because the others are, and he's still he's still a key part of the team. Um, so. Yeah, long may it continue. I, 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 he's really impressing me at the moment. Um, and and he, it's in a position where he's not really pushed by anybody, is he? He hasn't got much of a... With Aubameyang being out, Ketty is not really a threat to him. Balogun's not ready yet. So um, he's, he's obviously enjoying that, um, that be, being the main man. And he, he, yeah, super impressed.
2: I think what I'd recommend to people listening is that you do what we do occasionally. And what we talk about is that you... Rerun the game. Sit there, cup of tea, all your snacks and all the rest of it. Don't leave the chair. Look at one particular player. We've done that in the past. I've said about it at night. And just concentrate on what Lacazette does. And then you're through the looking glass. You're actually appreciating what he brings to the table uh, rather Mm. than sort of dissing him. I've got a feeling as well, because the Bamiyang fans are all bent out of shape because he's not there. Lacazette's copying a bit of the, the fallout from that. And that's unfair. I mean, let's judge a player on what he does, what he provides. Yeah. And he's putting it forward at the minute. So we'll talk about that first goal. Uh, Martinelli's first was from an av- advancing sacker. Uh, Lacazette yeah. poked it onto uh, Xhaka. What was he doing up there? He must have got the directions yeah. wrong. It's normally up the other end, isn't he? Uh, he went in, fell over in the box. Uh, fairly routine. Yeah. There was nothing in it, was there? And it breaks no. to Lacazette. Lacazette pokes it through as we're saying, and provides it to Martinelli, that uh, diagonal ball again, just into his path. Sweet as a nut, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it felt perfect. He had to do a bit with it, it, didn't he? But um, Yeah, lovely finish. Do you think it's slack defending or opportunism and quick thinking on Martinelli's part?
4: Um, I mean, it was a bit chaotic, wasn't it? The whole move, especially when it got right towards the end. Um, I mean, Leeds, I think we made them, defensively, we made them look pretty ordinary all through the night, didn't we? It was, they're not great at the back. They couldn't handle the, the, the basically, the. like I said earlier, the movement across our front uh, four or five players through the entire game caused them a lot of problems. And I think it was just a chaotic moment. Uh, it fell perfectly for Martinelli, but lovely finish. Swept it into that sort of top left corner, a no chance Uh, And and more, I mean, more than we deserved, you know, I think Lacazette had a good chance and then Saka had that really, really good chance that he put wide from about five or six yards. um, Not about sort of five or six minutes before that. Uh, So we more than deserved it. Um, And and again, you know, if you've got Granite Shaka marauding forward, um, you know, um, (laughs) from an attacking point, you do something's going right, you know, so, yeah, great start.
2: Uh, well, the good thing is he's taking his chance, isn't he? He's had chances before and he hasn't seized them. But is he? We, there's a couple of things here. Do you think he's becoming undroppable at the minute? And the other thing is, um, are we kind of in danger of getting too carried away with these goals and these performances? Because he's still a young uh, lad with full of potential. Um. We, he yeah he is he is young and he is full of
4: potential. Getting carried away, um, I, I don't think so. I think he. It's not just the goals. It's his. Um, in the, especially the last three or four games, and, and at Old Trafford, you know he, he he was he was our only shining light there, um, and he's 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 involved. He's he's dangerous, um, and he's he's confident. Um, and I don't think this is a purple patch. I think this is the player that we've got. Um, and whether it's by coincidence or or Arteta's <laughs> managerial brilliance, uh, I don't know. I don't really care. But he's, um, he's probably the form player in the league now. You know, I, I, I can't really think of many others. Obviously, City are a, are a machine at the moment. But... Uh, no, I don't think so. Undroppable. I would say so at the moment, but, you know. But mainly down to the fact that we don't have too many options. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't replace him for Pepe, would you? In, in the league team, you know, you wouldn't. Smith Rowe is as brilliant as he is. You'd still keep Martinelli there just on form. So
2: yeah, he's doing great. Where do you think you'd play him, uh, given the choice? Would you have him in the middle or would you stick to the left? He seems to be thriving on the left, and I don't think he sees mm. himself as a middleman, does he?
4: No, no. And he, like I said earlier, he can, when he plays on the left, he can move a little bit more central when the game narrows. Um, And obviously the second goal, when Shaka played it through to him, it was very similar to his goal against Newcastle, wasn't it? Where Lacazette dropped deeper, played it in between the two defenders. Very similar goals. um, Well, very similar position. that He attacked the box coming from... um, that sort of final third to the left. Um, so even though he is out on that left, you wouldn't really call him a winger because he doesn't stay five or six yards from the touchline. He does. He, he, he's look, always looking to maybe find those gaps. Uh, and in Odegaard and obviously Shaka and Lacazette, we've got players that can pick him out. So I think he's at the moment, um, keep him out on the left. Um, and he's always an option through the middle, isn't he as well?
2: Um do you believe that we've got a, a really genuine Premier League star in the making? And and what are the key attributes from Martinelli? What what do you see in him? Yeah, his he, his pace is obviously
4: is um, obviously a huge asset. His dribbling, his close control. He reminds me. Um, I saw a lot. I've seen a lot of comparisons the last couple of days um, with a number of different players, but more than anyone else, he reminds me a bit of Freddie Lundberg. You know his his work rate is so good and he's um his timing of the run is is excellent uh, and he's obviously grown physically in the last eighteen months because because when you see him up uh, you know when he's uh when he's lining up before the game he, he's not he's not that he's he, well he's a lot taller he's a lot he's not as small in stature is he anymore hes he's a he's a grown man now um so and I think if he just maybe fills out a little bit physically um, hopefully without losing that pace. Um, he's technically as well, you know, the second goal, like what what a lovely finish, you know, he was, he was almost pushed off of, off balance, wasn't he? By, was it drama? I think his name is the right back for Leeds who had a shocker. Uh, he tried to, he tried to barge him off the ball or maybe just knock him a little bit. And 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 he, he was quickly closing in on goal and he, and he sort of flicked it over Mellier, didn't he? Lovely goal. Um very cool When I first attempt. saw that, I
2: thought he was he was going to ground because he he got yeah. clipped a little bit, didn't he? His uh, feet got tangled up, and I thought, oh, he's going, but he mm-hmm. didn't. He he stuck the ball away and then went again. <laughs> it's yeah, he's also phenomenal. What, what I do, I mean, what I
4: do do want to say, and you love to see it. He's also got that confidence to to throw in a nutmeg. And, and, to, and to try these little things and to try these little double touches to go in between defenders. And um, you love to see that because that's, that's that's belief, isn't it? That's belief in his own ability. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a top player. Um, I, just to go back to what you said earlier, I don't think anybody's getting carried away. I just think people are reacting to what they're seeing. And uh, and that's just that's just quality. He's, he's and he's,
2: he's a quality player. Let me just say, there's nothing wrong with getting carried away because we've (laughs) we've had our moments where we've been in the pits, haven't we? So it's really nice to see this youthful, ambitious, uh, driven side. They don't need any motivation. You don't need to give them the big chat. Um, As as soon as they uh, hear that whistle, they're off and they're fired up. Um, Yeah, we've discussed that goal. I mean, uh, again, shades of a certain Frenchman. Mm, Yeah. Again, because yeah, that was the,
4: per- it's the perfect position that, that Henri used to take up so often. Um, gr- uh, you know, you've got to give it, I know we've hammered Shaka, um, but it was a great pass. It was right into his, it was, it was weighted perfectly. Uh, Martinelli didn't really have to do much one touch um, and then he was in on goal. So, yeah, lovely. Great do you pass. know what?
2: I had yeah. to look at it twice because I couldn't believe it was him. I couldn't believe yeah. it was Shaka. I thought, mm-hmm. you're facing the wrong way. You're passing mm-hmm. in an attacking zone. What are you doing? That's not your game. Mm-hmm. Get back there with El Nelly, although he wasn't yeah. playing, obviously. Um, Saka, I thought, although he had a, a reasonably good game, I thought he was a bit leggy. He looked, it uh, looked a bit drained. I thought. What were your feelings?
4: Thought, yeah, first half, I thought he was he was he was really good. I thought the first half he looked um, he looked dangerous, aggressive. I mean, did you pick up on? Um, I think he was getting a bit of grief, wasn't he, from the Leeds fans? you know, about the penalty miss and yeah, just, um, but he didn't let, I don't think it let it bother him. Um, uh, I thought first half, he was, he was fantastic. I mean, again, he's so consistent. He's, he's so dangerous and he's now becoming an even more like a, he's evolving into like a real strong attacking midfielder who, who's just, again, similar to Martinelli. Like very eager to to take on an opponent to attack the opponents, whether it's one or two of them. I mean, did you see there was the um, one point in the first half where he, he dropped his shoulder and two of the defenders fell over at the same time. You know that <laughs> put them both on the on their ass. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he set such a high standard, hasn't he? That it's noticeable now if he doesn't perform through the full ninety minutes to that standard to that level. Um, but I mean we've got Sunderland tomorrow haven't we Uh, I'd be surprised if we see him there so it could be a good little time just to give him a rest you know especially with Pepe needing some minutes
2: I think so that's where I was heading he's he's put in a lot of games does not he and uh, he must be slightly drained do you know what he reminds me of he reminds me of one of these uh, these kids they watch a lot of football and they want to be the the next Ronaldo or whatever and uh, yeah. you can talk until you're blue in the face about tactics and defensive work and all that sort of thing. They don't give a monkey's. It's just mm. in their brain that they've got to attack. And, um, uh, and he plays with that freedom, that naivety, that rawness. But um, obviously, he's getting better as he plays. Fantastic. Um, let's give some other players a mention. Who else was in your eye line?
4: I thought Erdegaard was, was fantastic, all through the. All through the game, his work rate. Um, when when we didn't have the ball, he was pressing like he always does, leading by example from that point of view. And on the ball, uh, he's—I mean—he's a joy, isn't he? He's, he's class, you know. His the, the assist for Smith Rowe's goal. I mean, that is that's Burkamp. That Bergkamp, how many times did you see Burkamp flick it like that, drop yeah. it into Henri Thierry's path or or, or path or Freddie Lundberg or whoever, you know. I mean, lovely, like delightful stuff. Um, he was, he was superb. Uh, I mean, I thought Shaka did okay. I thought Partey again, um, again. He, he, I mean, there were a few times when he gave the ball away, but I think it is becoming less and less. You know, he's uh, there was a few times where he was again looking to drive forward with the ball, um, and again, baby steps. He's not looking as terrible as he did. A month ago, is he? So, um, <laughs> I still only
2: give him a four, right? Well, well I thought he was, it
4: that? was a little bit better than that. But the, the, the before he went off, Tommy Asu, you know, like what a performance! You know, what a player! You know, he's so intelligent. You know, you, you've obviously seen the clip of when the, the Leeds winger crosses it in and it goes right across the back line in between the defense and Ramsdale, dangerous cross. And there's, uh, I can't remember which Leeds player it is at the back post, but Tommy Asu like just shoulders him out of the way so he doesn't get in them, So intelligent, and then he actually recovers well, wins the ball, and then takes on that left winger again. And I mean, I was a, I, mean, I suppose we all were a bit concerned when he went off, right? Um, but I think it was only precautionary. Really, so. Well, it was
2: a bit noticeable, wasn't it, when he went off? Uh, we were a bit vulnerable down that side, mm-hmm. and uh, when you've got Tommy Asu and you've got Ben White. that that seems to be perfect down there. And he does a lot of White's work and allows White to bring the ball out. But when you take him away, there's a bit of a hole. And I felt, you know, if Tommy Asu is injured for any particular length of time, Cedric?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because when he went off, I think everybody felt the same. It's like, oh, you know, we we might, we, we feel a little bit, we're a bit well. We're less um, we're less solid, aren't we? Without him, Cedric isn't. He's not half the player Tommy Asu is. To be is he? He can't. You know, he, he can't perform at that level. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad. I think I think it was just precautionary. So, especially with the game so quick now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Against Sunderland, I'll be quite happy Cedric plays or Ch- or Callum Chambers, whoever plays there. Um, but I mean. Tommy Asso he took a was it Tommy Asso I think it was he took a quite strong challenge didn't he on his ankle in the yeah. second half um so yeah he's a strong strong lad tough guy and uh yeah god what a player
2: just reversing back to Martin Odegaard uh I do you think he's going to be one of these in a season or two's time that he's going to be the most influential player for us as, as a real genuine playmaker. And you can see why he's keeping uh, Smith-Rowe out of the team, can't you? Yeah. He just brings something that Smith-Rowe, bless him, love him, but he mm. hasn't got that. He's a runner. No.
4: No, I mean, I think he's uh, he's one of our main men, like, right now. I think he's he's one of our main uh, – he's one of the main components of the team. Um, I think we'll see him. He, he's he's – he's, for the money that we paid um, – absolute bargain uh, and like we said last you know, last week Matt he's captain's material no doubt about that um, and uh, I think we've got an absolute a, prop, a, a real superstar on our hands um, and I think he's going to be he's going to be the major part in our team because it, it you know strikers And, and uh, if we get into Europe next season potential strikers will look at the squad and they will like they will want to play with Erdegaard won't they no, because he's, he's in the same way as Mesut, you know, Mesut, I know he went out, you know, it ended badly, but he was, he was such a class number 10, the best, probably the best in the world for, for, for a period of time. And, um, from an assist point of view, he was fantastic. And I think potential strikers will look at Erdogan in the same way, um. Yeah, very lucky to have him.
2: Last one for you on the player front. Uh, what did you make of Kieran Tierney? He got bashed a bit on social media. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a bad performance. Didn't think he was dreadful. No. I don't think no. he's up to his own standards yet, or he's found his level. But um, mm-hmm. he, he's a cracking player. We, you just have to yeah. persevere and, and run with him, really. No, I've got
4: I've got no concerns about him. He's 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 quality. He's um, he's he's playing in a, in a pretty decent defence. Um and he needs ultimately he needs he needs a, a period of time where he doesn't get injured, right? He need if he needs that, you know. Tavares is a good replacement, but he's still very much the number one left sided defender we've got. So, um, yeah,
2: I, 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 I really still still love the guy to be honest. Right, let's go back to Mister Xhaka. Mister yep. Xhaka, I want a card every match. I don't care what color it is. What's going on with that, Chappie? I mean, he's professional. He's an international. Uh, he comes back from three months off. And then he gets involved. Uh, there mm. was that horrible, horrible stamp on Rafina. And it yeah. could have broken his foot or his ankle. It was awful. Were you surprised yeah. the yellow didn't come out and it went to VAR? It, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. It didn't look good,
4: did it? <laughs> um, Shocking. No, I, I, it he has these moments, doesn't he? These brain fart moments where you kind of, you do wonder, you scratch your head at what, what he's up to. And then he gets... Um... Even, even, if, even if he wins the ball, that's still a yellow card just because it's too aggressive, isn't it? And in this day and age, okay, 15 years, 20 years ago, you can do that. You could have done that. And it, that's what everybody used to do. You know, Berg Dennis used to... Dennis Bergkamp, as we all know, Great player, but <laughs> like an, a, a bit of a nasty bar steward, you know? He was all elbows. He was doing stuff exactly like that. Defenders would, would hate playing against him because he was so physical. But it's a different game now,
2: isn't it? Bergam always when- used to know where the referee was, wasn't he? Yeah. he, he, he yeah. Got, could sort of give him a look and thought, oh, he's there. I'll just go around here and do a shin.
4: <laughs> and that's, I think, wasn't the score... I think it was only, what was it two 0 I can't remember the, the the score at the time, but I know the game wasn't put to bed, uh, and a red card there for which it could have been. You know, we've seen less get a red card. And if Shaka gets his marching orders there,
2: we're back in trouble, aren't we? So, I mean, well, there was a there was a similar tackle from the Leeds player. Was it Gilhard? Um He yeah, uh, tackled yeah. in on Tommy Asu. Uh, that was exactly the same. Uh, mm-hmm. And he got yellow, but got here's yellow. another one as well. I don't know whether you saw it at the weekend. Harry Kane and Andy Robertson. Uh, yeah. Uh, come on, what's going on there? I mean, they were exactly the same. Uh, the England captain didn't get anything, and yet uh the Scottish chappie got a red. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw Mister. Klopp having a word. Yeah, I mean, we we were watching the game,
4: um, and. They were both like, absolute Stonewall red cards. Like, there's no two ways about it. Um, what, what was interesting for me, I'm not going to add anything to to what everybody said about, you know, he is the England captain and he does get preferential treatment. Same as Shearer. He got the same, didn't he? But it was interesting on Twitter today. Um, both, uh, so Andy, Andy Robertson came out and took full responsibility, apologised to the fans, said he made a mistake and owned it, completely owned it. Harry Kane came out and said, I won the ball. Didn't take any responsibility for it. Didn't didn't say at all that he was out of control, which he was. And if Robinson's leg was planted on the floor, he would have broke his leg and it was dangerous. Um, he only won the ball because it hit his hand. You know, if you watch it back. Um, and and the difference in in, 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 in quality of the two P blokes, I thought, shone through today. Uh, yeah, I mean, officiating for me is is at an all time low. It's the inconsistencies with with VAR, the on field referee. Um, it's it's an actual joke now. It's, it's it, something has to be done. There needs to be reform. The um, PGMOL they need to be looked at. Um, it's it's so frustrating because ultimately Kane should have been sent off. The game completely changes, doesn't it? And I don't really care for Spurs, obviously, but uh, something definitely needs to be done, 100%.
2: Nice quote here from Keith Hackett, friend of the show. Uh, So VAR rightly advises the ref to review the red card for Robertson of Liverpool, who is uh, correctly sent off. Why didn't VAR do the same for the Kane challenge? Both were red card offences. That's from a former referee. Uh, he's wanting big, big changes uh, mm-hmm. to the referee's sort of uh, organisation because he said there are about seven or eight uh, referees that are not up to standard. Yeah. yeah. I think we can That's- play that out. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, it was interesting as well what Klopp said after the game. Uh, and he said that the, the explanation he was, he was given by the referee was that uh, there, was a, there was a decision later in the game where Jota, should have should have got a penalty where um this first player went straight through the back of him I think it was in Ndombele went through the back of Jota uh it was a blatant penalty uh and it was basically the referee said well Jota stopped and waited for the contact well anybody and everybody knows that if you're gonna it was at the point of the striker taking a shot you do have to steady yourself don't you before a shot um so again not that I've I like Klopp. I certainly don't like Liverpool, but I did have some sympathy for for, for them both because I thought the referee again, like ev- like every game that we see, any game and every game in the Premier League, the referee
2: they're always they're always shocking, you know. Getting back to uh, Mister um, he pushed his luck so hard he eventually got uh, a yellow for time wasting. I mean, yeah, you know, I think at that time we were three one up. Uh, what's he doing with that? It's just shocking. Again, uh, pudding brain, um, not really paying attention to what he should be doing and then mixing it up. I think when he stepped on Rafina, I say, I use that term lightly when he did that, the camera caught him with a big toothy grin. Um, yeah. so he's really got to watch himself, especially now we're getting into the business end of the season. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And we're going to need him, aren't we? I hate to say it, but we are going to need him. Um, I Still, he, he, I mean, I've said it a million times, but he's he's still that bit of a fake hard man. Does does the does the things you know? Vieira was Vieira picked up his first year of red cards and yellow cards, but he doesn't he didn't he doesn't do the little petty crap that Shaka does. He never did it then, did he? And yeah. um, I haven't got much time for Shaka. He's doing okay at the moment, but the, but the team are doing a lot better than he is. Um, I don't know.
2: I just think we need to upgrade in his position so, so quickly, you know. Let's quickly talk about the last uh, of the two goals. So uh, Saka got quite fortunate. But if you look at how he used the ball, it kind of went Mm -hmm. left, went right, reconsidered where he was going to put the ball. So I think he rode his luck, but it was it was his decision and it worked Mm -hmm. well for him. So quite fortunate, but we'll take that. And then, uh, as you say, the smith goal, 84 minutes uh, at seven. So he's actually on the same figure, I think, as Aubameyang, isn't he? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And as you said, the a beautiful uh, ball from Odegaard, which would have ripped anyone uh, apart just straight through the middle. Man of the match? Um, I thought Tommy Asu was good.
4: I think you got to give it to Martinelli for the two goals. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, obviously, there's been a lot made this season of us not of Arsenal not creating many chances. And uh, in that first half, I think we had 11 shots on goal, which is a league record, and it just shows just how dominant we we were. Um, and yeah, man of the match, I think you have got to give it to Martinelli for his two goals. I thought Erdogan was class. I thought Saka did well, especially first half. Um,
2: uh, yeah, yeah, give it to Martinelli. You've got to own you, Scott, too. I'll back that up as well. Um, right. Uh, got a controversial corner slot. I'm going to bring this because I try and bring you a curveball, don't I? Um, <laughs> so, um, speaking on Talk Sport, Simon Jordan of the floppy fringe um, mm. said of Kieran Tierney, he's a Scot uh, and he's used to failure. I'm not sure he's got the leadership qualities that uh, Arsenal need. What do you make of that little scorcher? Um well I don't
4: I don't really I mean some things Simon Jordan comes out with I do find quite interesting. Um he doesn't he's not a fan of Arsenal. I mean, there's been many times this season he's he's uh he's written us off, especially at the start, you know, didn't give us a chance, doesn't give us a chance against anyone. I mean I don't really care for his opinion. Um I think Tierney, he showed the fan base and the club what he's all about. You know, he was in a very average Arsenal team in the last couple of years. He's been the shining light. He's led by example. Um, he's committed, isn't he? I don't think anybody doubts his his commitment. Um, and, I mean, if he's quite happy to stay at the club, I think the fans and, and the manager and everybody would be quite happy for him to stay at the club for many years to come. So... Um, didn't he win the league at Celtic you know I know that's not always the toughest thing to do but yeah I'm sure I don't I don't know this off because I'm it's not it's just Simon
2: Jordan for you isn't it I mean he's not happy unless he's rubbing someone up the wrong way I'll just leave you with this uh, two years ago Mikel Arteta was appointed as Arsenal manager listen to these yeah. figures what you make of them 107 games 60 wins 18 draws 29 losses an FA Cup and a community shield it's not that sad mm-hmm. is it
4: No, no. There's been there's been um, there's been highs, there's been lows. I mean, let me ask you. Obviously, the high will be the FA Cup, right? Apart from the FA Cup, what would be the high for you? Um, Whether it be a match result or or players or whatever, what would be your your high point and low point? Start with a high.
2: My high point is is this season with the new additions. uh, For me, that's that's changed the whole. Dynamic. Uh, mm. It was a little bit uh, sort of huffing and puffing, but I I like what we've got now. I like what we're seeing. So mm. uh, yeah, it's it, it just makes you um, look forward to games now, and you've got that mm. edge of excitement. You know, that's all yeah. come back. Um, what he did uh, last season, obviously there was there was this rebuilding, getting out, getting people in. Um, so that was all going well. But yeah, my highlight is what we've got now. And mm-hmm. that buzz when you get to match day and you see mm-hmm. who you've got on that team sheet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Lowe's? I'd uh,
4: to stay. Lowe's, but Everton. <laughs> yeah, Everton was bad. I mean, Europa League last year was bad, wasn't it? You know, yeah. that, was, that was a bad one. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. i just echo what you said. Highs, highs for me would be um, the emergence and, and the progression and the improvement that you've seen in the young players. Um, his transfers—you know—you can't deny that they've—they've they've worked out well, um, but still, still much to do. Right, we're nowhere near where we want to be. Um, Absolutely, still more to do. To-
2: but we're uh, we're perky. We're in a good position. Jay, thanks mm-hmm. very much for coming in again, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Oh, score for Norwich. What do you think?
4: Uh, I think
2: we will win three nil. I'm down for four nil. Four nil. Merry Christmas, mate. Take care. You too. Take care. You too. See you yeah, next guys. Yeah. See you later. Right, we're all done here. My thanks to Dave, Isaiah and Jay. Check out Isaiah's blogs at americanarsenology.medium.com or look him up on Twitter. You can find Dave on Twitter as SilentDave101 and Jay as the ball Shout outs to SoMD, Brandon Murphy. Check out the YouTube version of the show and please like, follow or subscribe. Look up our blogs at askdevils.com or look us up on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We'll see you next time. Stay safe and well. And remember, North London is red.